0: Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Show. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. Usually this is the time of year I'd be doing a podcast to honor the most recent holiday of of Christmas by talking about a Christmas movie. But I just couldn't help myself but to do a podcast on a movie that has not only lived up to the huge expectations I've had for it, but surpassed them in many, many ways. But before I get to that, I must introduce my guest this week. He's the guy that taught me most or the most I know about folk style wrestling, Mr. Walker Holt. How are you doing today, man?
1: I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I've had a hope you had a great holiday. Mine was great. We, uh, sitting here the day after christmas enjoying a day off and i'm excited it's my first podcast i've ever been on i'm excited to be on it i'm excited to talk about movies and really excited to talk about this particular movie
0: of course man it's uh, it's awesome to have you on it's kind of an honor to have you on considering uh you were like my my wrestling coach really my senior year it was it was a lot of fun you know growing up down the street from me really cool to to have you on the the podcast too man
1: well, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun coaching you. I, that was a fun year. I, uh, I love wrestling and you were, you were great at it. It was a, it was a awesome experience and I'm glad it, I'm glad it had some kind of impact.
0: Oh yeah, man, for sure. Uh, but I'm going to put you on the spot, man. This is your, your first podcast ever. And it's your first time on the show. And I'm going to ask you the loaded question that I ask all first time guests. What's your favorite movie and why? Um,
1: well, it's fun. It's fun. It's a loaded question. I, uh, it is man. It I've is. always loved movies. I, uh, I grew up, uh, loving. I mean, when Greece was released, uh, re-released in theaters, uh, in 1998 for the 20th anniversary. I, I loved that. And they got me kind of on a John Travolta ob- obsession. I thought he was the coolest <laughs> guy in the world when I was eight years old. And I, uh, loved Saturday night fever and eventually found Pulp Fiction. And, uh, loved it and and i you know it kind of introduced me to, to great movies and it introduced me to a movie that wasn't normal like a, like it got me into i guess weird movies that weren't necessarily cookie cutter plot driven movies you know pulp fictions obviously dialogue driven and, and character driven and non-linear and, and it's just interesting and it i loved it for a long time i said it was my favorite movie for a very long time went through a phase in college where i liked uh wolf of wall street a lot but we'll we'll when i was younger (laughs) wolf of Um, wall
0: street's a a great movie those are those are two great choices i i think i knew that pulp fiction was your favorite and i used to give you shit for uh john travolta but in a loving way because i love john travolta yeah
1: i've grown i've grown he's not as i mean he was a he was pretty cool to me when i was when i was that age and 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 i watched his stuff from the 70s and even the 80s and and pulp fiction um but, you know, it's funny. The last few months, I have been making a proclamation that I think I have a new favorite movie.
0: I or think it's, play, uh, after, after watching movies. it for the
1: third time a few months ago, I think Coda is my favorite movie now.
0: That's a great movie. Won Best Picture I, I, last year. It was. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. I, I liked the, it
1: better and better each time I saw it.
0: It's a, it's a great movie, man. It was my, my fourth favorite movie of last year. And I'm so happy that it, it won Best Picture. Yeah. Um, 'Cause I I like Power of the Dog, which was the other front runner, but not nearly as much as Coda. Coda, that scene where he's holding his daughter's vocal cords or touching them so he can kind of hear Oh my
1: god. The the whole third act. I mean I've got chills right now thinking about it. It 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 was so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. I I thought I've recommended it. I've been on a recommending rampage lately of <laughs> of shoving movies down people's throat. Like you gotta watch this movie. Uh, the Open whole third act of Coda. Um, the, uh, the the when the theater spoiler alert when the theater goes silent and you get to hear it from the uh, from their perspective or not mm-hmm. hear it um, the uh, then right after that they go into the truck scene that you're talking about feeling her throat to the to the auditioning scene where she mm-hmm. starts to sign you know um, to her family sitting up in the balcony I thought it was I mean it chills the entire time I got emotional all three times I've, I've loved it. I haven't watched it with anybody that hasn't also loved it. Uh, it, uh, I, I just thought it was super powerful, super touching. I have, I have a little brother who's autistic and I, and I can't relate to, you know, being a child of deaf adults or being deaf myself or, or, or having a sibling that's deaf. Uh, my brother is autistic and, and has been a handful in, in, in our lives and he requires special attention and a, and a little bit of a different style of living. Um, and my mom has, has, Taking on a role where she's been a superhero and, and, and taking care of him. And, you know, you, you get certain looks in public, you get certain, you just live a little bit differently. You had, you, you had to be independent from a young age. You know, he took a lot of attention and, and it felt, I don't know, something about code. I could relate to something. I could, I could, I could pull from it and kind of feel where she was coming from. I mean, not to that extreme. I don't mean to, you know, it, it,
0: Everything there's that's the special thing about movies, right? It's the greatest teacher of, of empathy. It's like, you know, like, like, unlike you, I, I don't have a, 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 a brother who requires that amount of attention or anything like that. And you, you, I think you are the only person I know personally that has had that. Um, and it allows me to see, while I can't fully relate to those kind of situations for a moment, I can put myself in those shoes. Okay. And that's the greatest thing about movies is they are allowed, they, they are able to teach us about empathy and what it's like being in someone else's shoes for a bit.
1: Yeah. I, I think it, it just, it really did, it really found that balance of, of uh, you know, f- feeling a responsibility for your family, wanting to take care of your family, being protective over them, and, 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 and possibly get a little dependent on mm-hmm. them or them on you and uh and and trying to find the balance of of doing what you have to do and and also and creating your life and living your own life that's separate and and having to be selfish at times and and always fighting kind of with the guilt that comes with that and um uh, i don't know it really it really it, not to mention just a great movie i mean yeah. just just uh just don't have to have any of these experiences to, to enjoy. I mean, it was just no. an awesome movie well-performed. And also I I, I, I know this isn't a pod on, on Coda, but it, uh, uh, the brother, what's the brother's name in, in Coda? Um,
0: I forget the name of, of the brother. I know the, the guy who plays her father ended up winning the best supporting actor that year. And for me, he stole it with that moment. You mentioned when the theater goes quiet and he's looking, out over the people, and he realizes in that moment what he's got to do as a father. Yeah, that great
1: was, subtleties of yeah. like reading and like you—they don't have to over-explain it. You can see what mm-hmm. people are are thinking, and and you can understand what he's thinking when he sees it. Really, what? I'm, but Daniel Durant is who who plays her brother in the movie, and he was on Dancing with the Stars this year. And really, Jess, my fiance Jess, loves it, and uh and every, I mean, obviously, that's the story. He's deaf, he's deaf in real life, and he's he's going to be dancing this music and it's very difficult. I mean, it unbelievably difficult and they, and he made it to the semifinals and did unbelievable. And it was so touching every time he did it and him and his partner had uh, worked out a system where they would, she would tap him to the beat of the music to, to be able to perform it. And during one of the songs, they did something similar to that scene in the theater where they, they cut the music out halfway through the song and just had him dance in silence. So you could kind of experience what it's like for him. And It's like, God, just make every hair on your body stand up. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's awesome, man.
0: I'm going to have to check out that video now. Oh, it's yeah. probably on YouTube somewhere.
1: Yeah, uh, got to be.
0: Yeah. But moving on to what this podcast is about. If you didn't guess it from the title of, of this episode, we're going to be talking about Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, similar to, to some reviews I've done like this, The Way of Water, uh, or the way that this review is going to go, is we will first give our general thoughts on the film. And after we do that, we will then dive into a more spoiler discussion where we will expand upon those feelings a bit more and talk about things we just couldn't within a spoiler-free context. Uh, I will, of course, timestamp that in the description of uh, of the show for those who want to avoid spoilers, which, I mean, there's not really that much to spoil aside from some basic things in this movie. But with that down and out of the way, let's get into a brief plot synopsis of The Way of Water jake sully and the have formed a family and are going or are doing everything to stay together however they must leave their home and explore the regions of pandora when an ancient threat resurfaces jake must fight a difficult war against the humans and that's pretty good pretty good breakdown of the plot i'd say this is the second installment of of the highest grossing film of all time with hopefully three more to go and James Cameron's first film in in 13 years feature film anyway, with the uh, original being a 12 year gap between it and Titanic. So he likes to take a lot of, a lot of time between movies. Um, There was a a lot of hype and speculation going into this film with the first one being such an overwhelming success, grossing, 2.9 billion and being nominated for multiple Oscars, including best picture and best director. But there were also it's doubters as many as this movie garnered quite a, a vocal group of detractors as all things that are super successful do uh, over the years. Uh, This was also a huge gamble as they didn't just shoot one movie. They shot it back to back and parts of a third one, which is really the fourth one to avoid the stranger things effect, because there's a, a time jump in the fourth movie. So right. Walker, were you excited going into this or were you one of those people that didn't really care for the first one? Uh, I, I, I
1: was excited. I was absolutely excited. I mean, my, I saw Avatar, the first Avatar in theaters on Christmas day, 2009. Um, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I uh, thought it was very the, the what it wanted to be good was great. I mean, it was it was a pretty good story, pretty good movie. I liked it. I recommended it. I did think it was groundbreaking in the in the CGI or the the visuals of it were, were awesome. Um, that being said, I didn't watch it again for probably 12 years. I yeah. I last year I went to Disney World and it had been the first time in a long time I'd been there, and I knew I was gonna want to go to the Animal Kingdom and and go to the Avatar World, and um, and ride the the ride that you ride on the Banshee and and, and everything. Yeah. And I and I was like, maybe I should. Uh, I was super excited about Star Wars Land, so I was like rewatching all the Star Wars to go to find where it find, falls in the canon. So I want to do the same thing with Avatar, and I rewatched it, and I was like, no, you know, it was I I, I kind of over the years, for no reason besides it not being that memorable to me, my opinion lowered and lowered and lowered on mm-hmm. Avatar over the years. And then I rewatched it. I was like, no, it's pretty good. I, I, I liked it. I mean, the stories, I didn't think it was so reliant as reliant on the visuals as I remembered it being. I mean, the story was fine. It was an interesting universe. And when it goes 13 years, obviously it's a lot of anticipation, but it's also a lot of skepticism too, where I'm I'm not sure it's like, what took thirteen years? I mean, obviously my questions were answered, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I when it came out, I I knew because of the the delay and because of the hype, I absolutely was very excited. I wanted to be a part of the conversation.
0: The movie yeah, I. It seems to be a, a popular thing with this movie is that it came out and it was such a. And I, I talked about this in the the Avatar podcast I did it came out and it was such a big thing. Everyone had to go see it. Everyone went to go see it. But then, like a lot of things where there's only one movie, over time, it kind of gets forgotten. You know, because your your pop culture shelf life is only for a certain amount of time. You know, and... I mean, just look at uh, the first Avatar. Its shelf life was really about three years. And then it kind of died off because you had stuff like Avengers coming out and the Marvel cinematic universe just exploding. And then you also had in 2012 star Wars getting uh, purchased uh, or Lucasfilm getting purchased by Disney. And you had the star Wars films coming out. So avatar kind of took a back seat and there wasn't as, there wasn't anything coming out. So people weren't really revisiting because seeing, Avatar at home is not the same as seeing it in theaters. Even though the movie to me still works, yeah, seeing it in that three D in the theater makes it. And like like you, I I love the first movie. The story is very simple, but I think it's so universal that it just it's hard not to get swept up by the magic of it. At least for me, I, I was James Cameron. To me, he's my favorite filmmaker. I always used to go back and forth between he, him and Steven Spielberg. Uh, but I think Cameron, for for me personally, kind of takes the cake a little bit just because of his track record. I don't count Piranha too, but you just look at his—he <laughs> got fired off that movie. But like, if you if you look at his track record, guy doesn't miss. He's made nothing but great movies, and he takes these very simple stories, and he he really grounds them in hum, human emotion. Um, and this, the first avatar did that for me and it has this weird alchemy to it that it just transports me to much like Star Wars, transports me to a galaxy far, far away. This transports me to Pandora and I'm able to escape my real world problems by focusing on this family that also has similar problems to me, but very different. And that's why I, I, I loved the first one and going into this one, I was I was really excited, man. I was really, really excited. I mentioned it on like the Doctor Strange podcast I did, but when I saw the first trailer for this, I saw it in the theater. And there was like a hush over the theater when you saw uh, the 20th Century Fox logo and you heard like the Avatar theme and you hear like the Enya music kind of playing. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, okay. I'm really, really excited for this. Because it was like my my second or third most anticipated thing coming out. And it jumped to like my number one after seeing the Batman. I was like, okay, I'm ready for this. So I, w- I was, I was really excited. I was, really yeah,
1: excited.
0: It's,
1: I, I I was, I was, I was really pumped. And what's funny is I wasn't, I was just pumped because of the conversation. I was pumped because I enjoyed everything. And I knew this had taken a long time and it was, you know, my, is it going to be bad because it took 13 years or mm-hmm. perfect? Cause it took 13 or what, what's the answer going to be? And, um, yeah, I, I. But the trailer didn't actually. I mean, I only watched the trailer on my phone a couple times, and it and it looked good. I mean, I have no complaints about it, but it it, the trailer is not what got me in the theater. Yeah, um, I never saw it in theaters though. I never saw the trailer in a, on a big screen, but on my phone, the trailer was like, oh yeah, it looks pretty good. It looks good. I can see it looking. I bet it looks great on a big screen. I mean, the trailer is not what got me there. It was the it was the hype and the anticipation of the the. Th- fantasy, the sixth sense factor of, of what's James Cameron going to do? You know? Yeah.
0: Well, what What is, what is he going to introduce to us? And, and speaking of what he's going to introduce to us, did it meet your expectations when you sat down to see this in the theater?
1: Blew him. Blew him out of the water. Yeah. It. Uh, I sat in that theater. I've seen it twice. Uh, my... The first time I saw it by myself, I saw it at ten, the ten twenty showing, and the movie is th- th- three plus hours long. The previews are a little longer than normal because of the the Mission Impossible, or in my theater, the Mission Impossible special, which was great. Uh, it, I, w- I was concerned I wasn't going to stay awake. No problem at all. I was. Uh, we got out of the theater at two a.m. I I, I could have sat there for another hour. I, I I blew my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, it. Ab- yeah, to answer my own question, absolutely. You know, like this movie completely—it blew me away. You know, I'm usually I'm I'm so full of thoughts right out of a movie, and someone has to shut me up, you know, to get in a word. But with this film, I was like pacing around my friend's apartment as we just got back from seeing the seeing this in IMAX 3D. We were just trying to wrap our heads around what we had just watched. You know not only were my senses completely put into overdrive but i emotionally i was spent you know this this movie got me like three times and i remember just at the end of the movie not since no way home have i heard a crowd just erupt in applause at the end of a movie and i i just sat there watching hearing the uh um, the song play the um, you give me strength. I forget the name of the the artist that performs it. Um, he's super popular. I don't know why I'm dropping the name. Um, the weekend, nothing is lost. Yeah, oh, when yeah, I was yeah, yeah. when I was watching watching the it credits, I just sat there and I was just like, oh my god, he did it, he did it again. Bra frickin' vo to James Cameron. Um, what were your general thoughts and takeaways from the way of water? I know you said it blew you away, but what, what I mean, it
1: was, it was, it was completely positive. I mean, I'm not going to have much negative to say. I mean, I, I mean, we can, we can get picky if you want, but it, 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 I was so impressed. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the story and I, I, I know the general take right now is comparing the visuals to the story. Like whether it does, is it that good of a movie? Just because story is good. I mean, there's there's yeah. there's you know six stories you can tell in Hollywood, and they told one of them, and they told yeah. it with a cool vehicle that was just exciting and all positive. I, I was really excited. I mean, the visuals blew me away. The story was great. It was more emotional than I thought. I needed to see it again because I to say the visuals were distracting to me was the understatement is an understatement. I I was so jaw dropped watching what I was seeing that I, I, I couldn't process, I couldn't remember characters names, which is pretty tough in this world anyway. But, um, I, I needed to watch it again to pay more attention to the story and less attention to the visuals. And I ended up, I ended up just
0: paying attention to the visuals. again. <laughs> yeah. right? It does that, man. It, the, the 3d is used in such a way that it's not gimmicky. It's not like stuff oh, no. coming at you. It, it's that depth of feel Uh, and then combined with the high frame rate, which I criticized on the Hobbit podcast that I did where they tried to use high frame rate and it looked like a soap opera here. It goes back and forth between the high frame rate. For those of you who are confused with what high frame rate is uh, movies are usually done 24 frames per second. That gives the illusion of movement. Right. But when it's 48 frames per second, it's it's doubling that. So it makes it look like it's right in front of you. Instead of being that cinematic feel, it feels like it's right in front of you. And they use the high frame rate during the action sequences, which is incredible. But then in the slower moments, they slow it down to the normal 24 frames per second, which adds. And it it is the first time I've ever seen the high frame rate used and used in a Great way. Very well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, that was that was a. It's really cool. I mean, I didn't know about that before the movie, so I didn't I didn't have a chance to like pay attention to it. I just everything was working. It flowed nicely. But, yeah. Um. I typically hate higher frame rates. I mean, I I uh, um, you know, everyone's been to a friend's house. It's like, why does your TV look so weird? And you're like, does it look good or not good? I can't yeah. quite tell. It's it's weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh. And it's clear, but I I can't tell if I like it or hate it. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like if you go to I don't know, Disney World or something, and you're staying in the hotel, and the hotel has a like a video of like things you can do at the yeah. park, and it, it's kind of in that type of quality video. Uh, but yeah, with the, the action sequences, I mean, what, however, he used it variably, really, it worked.
0: Yeah, completely. So, yeah, and
1: the 3D, too. I'm sorry, the 3D. I, When I left the theater, I could not stop recommending this movie. And and every time I followed it up with biggest screen you can 3D, Mm -hmm. it's 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 meant to. And everyone says, like, I don't like 3D. It makes my head hurt. It's like that. That's you know, they went through this thing after the first one had so much success where where every movie just became 3D.
0: Yeah. And they did it wrong because it was post converted instead of being shot in 3D.
1: Right, and it, and 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 everyone's like, I mean, it's just a way to get five extra bucks a ticket, and it and yeah. it doesn't look good. It kind of makes you nauseous. It's there's no like point to the 3D. The 3D, all it is, is like the subjects in front of the screen. I mean, it's just not well done. Yeah, um, and sometimes it would hog like IMAX theaters where it's like, mm-hmm. well, can you show it in IMAX not 3D and then 3D in just another theater? Yep. Instead of it it, it hogging the the IMAX and, and making me watch it in 3D. This one was made for 3D and should be seen in 3D.
0: Absolutely. And on the biggest, like you said, biggest screen possible, because it's, it is one of those movies where you just want to escape in that world. And the best way to do it is when you watch it on a big IMAX screen with that sound, that Dolby Atmos just screaming into your ears. It's it's the best, you know. My biggest takeaway wasn't the CGI which is flawless or the high frame rate, which we, we have talked about, which is incredibly well done in IMAX um, 3D. But it, 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 to me, it was the emotion. Uh, I was blown away by that. You know, like I, I love the first avatar. I do. I find it emotional. Um, but this movie just strikes a different chord. And that's what James Cameron does. He takes these big, larger than life ideas with these simple stories and he's able to ground them in real human emotion and capture that in a way that most other filmmakers can't. He just, he has this great cinematic eye that he can just tell a thousand stories in a simple shot. And most directors would feel the need to explain to you how you should feel instead of just showing you. And he just shows you. And I love I, I, I love that. And walking away from this, this film, I, I was truly This was truly the first time I've ever felt like a a director uh, can capture what Lucas did with Star Wars. You know, he's creating his own modern myth or pantheon, if you will, uh, that has really captured my imagination because he's telling a a generational story. He's creating his own IP, you know, and I was going to. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Like he's creating his own IP in a world where we're. I love Marvel. I love DC, but there's something fresh about this.
1: I completely agree, and I was going to make a comp to, to George Lucas as well. I I love his uh, first everything you said. I love it. It uh his the wide uh, angle shots he makes where he can tell with 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 high intense action and in mm-hmm. action that's hard to follow and and and. Sometimes could be done in a shaky cam or, or, or where you're like edits that kind of take you out of it and you're just kind of see the result. You don't see what happened. You know, everything that's happening in this shot when you, it can be such a complex, this ship is falling, trees are burning, someone's falling out while they're shooting at this person in a banshee shit and it all in one shot and it comes together so fluidly and beautifully that it, and it's, it's breathtaking yeah the way he can do it and as far as is is the comp to george lucas he i mean i love like the tech he's putting into these movies like the <laughs> uh like i don't know he's he's doing it in his own original way but it feels kind of like star wars where it feels like like you know how every especially now like they they'll put out like this new thing or like oh that's cool like a new robot or droid or, or ship or something you're mm. like ah oh, that's cool and like the things with the humans fly in to, to pandora that ship yeah. It I don't know, something about it felt like like the the Star Destroyer. Like it he's felt such like,
0: a like gearhead as a director. Like he he really is. He grew up in an era where I think he's James Cameron has said before, he did everything on set. If he doesn't leave with his hands dirty, he feels like he hasn't done his job. Yeah. And he's very much involved in every department. Much like how Lucas was.
1: And he, he's just, I mean, he's, you know how over the years, everything has a name now, ATAT, and all these, mm-hmm. uh, like the different things that were so cool when, when Star Wars came out, like the, the, the half man, like, what are they called? I don't know what they're called yet, but I'm sure they're going to, they have a name or they're going to have a name where like Corch, uh, the thing he died in where he like walks in it and, and oh, e yeah, the, was wearing it, yeah. like a different version of it. Um, they're so cool looking, I think. And then the spider things that went underwater are awesome. And and, and that ship with the reflective solar panel, uh, it was beautiful and just cool and, and practical. And I love how he's like, I love the universe he's creating. It feels
0: tangible. It doesn't feel so far removed. It, it feels like, you know how the first Iron Man suit felt? Like it felt tangible. I felt like someone could actually make this. I feel like we could have
1: built this, yeah. Yeah,
0: instead of like the, as much as I love it, the the nano suit where it's like that's clearly magic like oh the the stuff yeah 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 this this feels like tangible like it's every piece of equipment feels real like the tech that the humans use feel very real and the the stuff that the navi uses so cool like the the sound that the sea skip i forget the name of it it's on the box of the jake sully action figure i have over there uh, but the sound that it makes that <laughs> as it's going across the water is so freaking cool um i yeah i i everything in the world feels like it's been thought through and it feels tangible and like it could really exist and it makes sense it's not just there because we need a plot device it's there because it's like oh no we need like it's cool you know it's cool but it also works for the story it's done in service of the story
1: yeah and he's he's finding a great balance and you know it has been thought out you know it's been thought out to, to the nth yeah. degree um what was
0: the biggest standout
1: well i mean You know, it's going to be, I mean, I can say the visuals over and over and over again. It it, it was so, I mean, I don't think there's anybody who's going to ask that. I will say one thing that stood out to me other than the visuals was the improvement from the first film in uh, acting. I thought like Sam Worthington was a lot better in this. I thought like his, his funny lines in the first one came off really cheesy to me. And like, just, just, I didn't like the dialogue in it. This one felt a lot more natural. He felt a lot funnier, wittier. I just felt I liked his character more in this one, um, and I and uh, I actually I think Sigourney Weaver was a lot better as Kiri than she was as Great August Grace Augustine. I mean, she's great in, in everything she does, but it was
0: her. mind-boggling to me the fact that I was really con- I was concerned about her, and I was also concerned about Sp- the character of Spider. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those were done away with. I thought Spider was great, but her playing a 14 year old. I completely forgot that that is a 70 year old woman <laughs> playing a 14 year old. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I knew
1: like, that she was going to be in the movie and it wasn't going to be the way you thought um the whole movie saw it. Did what I mean how Sigourney Weaver was in the movie? Wasn't like front of mind going into it, but I had heard that she was going to be in the movie and, and it was, wasn't going to be the way you thought. And uh same with Stephen Lang. And uh, I don't know. We're, no, no, no. You're fine, dude he's in the trailer okay (laughs) uh but then when i was sitting there i was obviously so captivated by what was in front of me that i I, any thoughts like that were out of my mind and then i i I remember seeing her with with kiri looking over her avatar's body and in the in the tank yeah i was like oh maybe that's what they mean she's in it and then like maybe there was a flashback through the when she connected Mm -hmm. um uh, maybe there was a, maybe that's what they meant. And then afterwards, was like, Oh, that was her. I didn't <laughs> even know. And, and, and during the movie, I mean, the, the kids acting, I, I have heard a couple takes that, that didn't love the kids acting throughout the whole thing. I thought it was pretty good. Sure. I, I really thought the kids pulled their own and told a story and I'm connected to the characters. I, I, what was supposed to be impactful was I, I liked the characters. Yeah. Uh, but I, when I was watching it, I, I thought, uh, Kiri was like, I was like, she's, she's kind of a, she's kind of a step above the other kids. So she's yeah. a little better. And then I was like, Oh, well, Sigourney Weaver. That makes yeah.
0: make sense. That, that makes sense. It's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved how she was used in this movie. She's the big standout, but it's funny. You, you mentioned the acting. Cause I, I later in, on in this podcast, I, I will talk about Sam Worthington. I have, a, I have a lot to say about him, but yeah, he fit into the dad role very well. Um, I thought, I thought, um, for me, I, th- I think the biggest standout was the VFX, obviously. Um, but if I had to pick another option aside from from the VFX, it would probably be the uh, probably the score. Really, the score was fantastic.
1: Cool. It was great.
0: the The, the score was is absolutely fantastic, and I was a little worried. Because James Horner, who did the the score for the first film, he he passed away several years right. ago, um, in a, in, a, in a tragic plane accident, and the score that was done by Simon, um, God, forgetting his name now, um, Franklin, uh, yeah, Simon Franklin, um, he was. It was fantastic, and it really stood out, especially at the end of the movie where you get the really big emotional swells. Um, thought it was absolutely well done, and it's on the short list for best score. We'll see if it gets nominated. Um, I hope so. But... Yeah. I, I was hoping the Batman would probably get nominated. It, 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 it didn't even make the
1: short that, Has that decision been made, or is it just not? I mean,
0: it, it's, it's been made. It didn't make the short list for the 15, which Robert. is shocking. Oh, um, yeah. Robbery. Which character was your 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 favorite leaving the movie?
1: I think the 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 the, the, the 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 talking Pi- yeah. Pi-
0: What's his name? Uh, Piacon. Piacon. Yeah.
1: Loved every scene with him, and I I I, I I I mean that's I guess that's a weird answer. I
0: <sighs> it works in the movie. It shouldn't work if someone told me. Dude, there's going to be a talking will in this movie. I would have been like, (laughs) (sighs) okay, listen, I have too far away. Yeah, I have that groundedness. Yeah, I have so much faith in James Cameron, but that sounds weird. I don't know if that would work. But then when it happened, I was like, no, I'm invested. I'm invested. And I cared so much. And when you see, without giving away anything, what happens to uh, the Tolkien in the movie you're you're ready to go to war you know like it's yeah
1: yeah you uh, know everything i mean it was emo- It was. i think he was the most emotional character in the show i mean he had a, he had a complex backstory i mean it was he it, I, I loved every scene that he was in
0: yeah it's um, he. he's terrific and the relationship he has with uh laloc is is mm-hmm. fantastic so you
1: uh, know pr- pronounce his name again the lawak that's Mm -hmm. what okay i like i like lawak too yeah and 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 jake sully was a lot funnier this one like i said a minute ago with the improvement on the acting and i enjoyed him a lot
0: yeah so for me materi was my favorite in the first movie um i love a a good strong female character but leaving this one while i i saw myself in low you know I found myself relating to Jake Sully in this film and it's odd, you know, but fitting that now being a father myself, I relate more towards the dad figures in movies now than I used to. Um, yep. and sense. I say, I think Sam Worthington really crushed it in this movie. I thought he was great in the, in the, in the first movie, but like you, like there were some lines that he said that you're like, Oh, it's a little cheesy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, here it felt perfect, because you yes, he was still kind of cheesy in certain ways, uh, but it works because he's a dad. You know, and and that struggle he has as a father worked really well in this movie too. And especially at the end, um you you feel his struggle because he'll do anything to protect his family. I I I really left this movie thinking Sam Worthington was the Was the MVP in terms of characters?
1: Yeah, I I, I did too, and I I agree with everything you said. I think, um, you know, they they probably did a better job in in both two different topics. Uh, There's a lot less humans in this movie. There's a lot more uh, blue people, a lot more on the Navi, and uh, a lot less uh, like there's a few scenes like we're talking about these. "Quote unquote cheesy lines from Sam Worthington in the first one that that took you a little out of Pandora and re, and related to Earth a little more. You know what yeah. I mean? To where it's like, hey, this is how you and your friends talk. You know what I mean? And when I in the first one, it kind of felt more like a out of touch kind of version of that. Like when they tried to yeah. not break the fourth—I mean, but like just kind of break character a little bit and kind of relate to you in a in a funny way. And it, it felt a little out of touch or dated or hello, fellow kids. And in, in, in the <laughs> yeah. first one and uh but in the second i I just thought it was maybe it was used less as well and done a little better so it wasn't so because the kids did it a few times and every time the kids did it i laughed like like with the like yeah with with their hands and yeah
0: and it makes sense too because they're hearing this from their dad right their dad talks like this so when they say bro and cuz you're like okay that makes sense because it's in their dad's vernacular you know so they're they're learning from him as he talks, and it and it it makes sense, and it doesn't come across as cheesy because you're like, okay, this is how their dad talked, so yeah, makes sense. Um, what was your favorite moment? Without giving away spoilers, anyway.
1: Um, I loved. I was so how to say without getting worse, but the scenes with the, with the fishermen
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: with the exposition, with him explaining what they were doing to, to, uh, to him early, but it was the, the audience was supposed to be learning how they're going to be like yeah. hunting here. Yeah. And it's showing you an example of it. And it's being so brutal. And I hated it at the same. I mean, I, I, I was emotional and, and against it and, and, and hated every second of it, but it was so well shot and so intense and so beautiful and 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 kind of funny in, in certain parts with, with, with Jermaine Clement and, and and it uh
0: his accent was really good.
1: <laughs> and uh let say like Scoresby, um, Brendan Cow, I'm trying to think of his name. I thought they were awesome in it. And uh that run and it's funny, the second time I saw it first time I saw it by myself, second time I saw it, and I made it through the movie, No Bathroom Breaks, no nothing. Just watched the whole thing. Second time I saw it, um, I went with my cousin Andrew and him and I are, are, are pretty aligned in movies we both love uh star wars we both i knew he would enjoy this movie so we went and saw it together and uh he was like it's now a good time to go to the bathroom and i was like i was like yeah i was like it's good and then the scene started starting and i was like and he came back and i was like man i i I, you missed a badass scene i'm sorry
0: (laughs) i'm sorry man (laughs) i told you the wrong time yeah i think that's a good choice I mean, for me, it's the entire third act. It's so special. It's not really a moment as much of a, as much as it is just an entire third of the movie. Because that, that battle, the final battle, is James Cameron just unloading the best of. You know, like it's got that mix of aliens. It's got Titanic. It's got True Lies. It's got the first Avatar in there. It's like a mix of all his best action thrown at you. And it's probably one of the greatest third acts I've ever seen. You know, I I don't want to say where I would rank that um, as of yet. I've only seen it twice, but it's got action. It's got emotion. It's got thrills and it's got cheer moments galore. And again, the way that it ends is so satisfying because it answers the main thesis of the film uh, and the way that it ends. So I, I really... Really liked that entire third act. It's special, man.
1: It's beautiful too. Yeah. So so, looked so. I love. I mean, the whole movie. Unbelievable. I have another moment I want to. I want to talk about real quick. That's a little like kind of odd that I liked it so much. Um, but the at the end of the third act, when when there's some there's a certain visual, and it it was present in the first one too. But at nighttime. Mm -hmm with water on their face with some sort of glow, like fire reflecting off their face. It is gorgeous. It's yeah. something like those scenes, like just, I have no idea what they're talking about. It was, it was a very intense scene. It was very plot uh, imperative. Like you, you needed to know what he's saying. No idea what he's saying. Because he <laughs> just looking at his face and the fire reflecting off his face and the water running down it and his blue and this mix of humanoid. T- it, I could not take my eyes off of it. And the third act, the whole thing is so intense and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the other scene I was going to mention, I'm sorry. It was no, uh, them training on the, uh, the smaller, the, the smaller talk to- of the tokens that they ride around, like the, the, the water banshees, what are they called? Ah, forget the names of them. Um, but when they're training and they're like, you got to be in good form before you go underwater or, um, and he, and he, and he like goes, and they get ripped off. It felt like they were like water skiing and getting drugged through the water. You know, when you fall forward <laughs> yeah. and your water's like blowing through your mouth, you, I'm still holding on. And then you get thrown off. I loved it. I thought that was, first of all, it was a great way to show us the water mm-hmm. and show us how beautiful it was and how, how well it worked together. And I thought the I thought the, I thought thought it was fun. I think I've heard a lot of people say things like the second act felt slow and too long, and I, I disagree. I, I was yeah, trained I mean, both my scenes, I think, were the second act.
0: Yeah, the... The entire second act is like a hangout movie, but all of it's important. You I, you can't cut any of it because it all pays off in the third act. Uh, but that scene when they first enter the water, it's so magical. I looked like a doofus because my mm-hmm. mouth was just gaped open. I was just like <laughs> the entire the entire time, looking like a like a kid on Christmas morning. I was just enthralled, especially as someone who who grew up. You know, we, we grew up in Wilson, but I used to go to the beach all the time and I lived there for several years and getting I always love the water. And I, I'm I'm kind of a fish in that sense. And, and being in the water with seeing that it was it was just magical. Um, what are I know you said you don't really have many negatives, but if you had to pick like a negative, what would it be?
1: Um, I, the some of them I might just not understand, and some of them none of us may understand yet. And the questions may be answered maybe like kind of an eat crow moment later. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the whole. It felt like a lot for the was to find Keir, Like okay, mysteriously, Sigourney Weaver had a Grace had a had a baby, mm-hmm. and then right after that. Uh Stephen Lang had to be, did Stephen Lang, did Corch know about Spider? Did he know he existed?
0: Yeah, he knew he existed, and it's a child that he had. Um and I guess I, I should say spoilers. <laughs> but, oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're fine, you're fine. Um the movie's almost made a billion dollars at this point. Um but um in the first movie you don't know that spider exists. And then this one, they kind of throw it at you that he exists. Yeah. Um, it's not really important that we, I guess, know who his mom was, but he did exist. He was there. It just, I guess it was a, a child that he, he bared out of wedlock.
1: So, okay. So I, I mean, I never like it. <laughs> especially from people like James Cameron, Mm -hmm. um, who are so detail oriented and so smart and and talented. I don't love it when it feels like they're not retconning, but like, Oh, let's uh, like, why why wasn't that like originally the thought, you know what I mean? Like, why didn't we know? And and maybe I'm just wrong. And the way they handled it, I thought was as good as it could have gone, but the whole introducing spider and, and, I don't know. It just felt like an afterthought kind of like, Oh, we didn't, we didn't, that wasn't an idea we had in the first movie. Let's just kind of make it work in this one and introduce it. You know what I mean? So I don't always love when, when movies are Take inspiration
0: from Lucas, good and bad, you know, yeah. <laughs> like Luke and Leia being sister, uh, brother and sister. And the third one, when in the uh, second one, they were making out. The, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. But
1: that being said, I liked it, and I and I liked Spider in general. I liked his, uh, I liked he served a lot of. I didn't, I liked the character, and I liked his visuals. He kind of took you back into. Um, he looked unbelievable. I mean, I know he's human, but it when he was in a scene around Navi and in the world, and it was because for a second I thought maybe the fact that there's no humans to play off of it is helpful to make it look more immersive and more real. But every scene Spider was in was flawless as well. Yeah. I thought like he, he looked great uh, or the, the his surroundings looked great, the Navi next to him looked great mm-hmm. and it reminded you how big they are and how how different this world actually yeah. is.
0: They're like 9 foot 9 feet tall, you know. Like uh their their youngest kid would be like our height. Or well, you're a little taller than yeah. me, but like but like my height, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think if I had a negative to to point out on this movie is I wish we got more Natiri, you know, and, and we got to see more of her being a mom. But I have a feeling since this movie is really a, a, a father son movie, or father sons movie, uh, the next one will be more mother daughter, considering its title is Avatar Avatar the Seed Bearer. Oh, which yeah. I think That's is going to amazing. to play into uh, Kiri, and we'll get into more of that in our, in our spoiler uh, conversation. But yeah,
1: so, so um, that's interesting. I mean, I think Zoe Saldana is, is is good and everything she does. I, I I actually think I kind of liked the amount of Nitya we got in this one because her just her character, which I think she plays really well, is very extreme i mean very i I mean over the top sounds negative that's not really what i mean i just mean like intense loud she's it's always hissing it's always yelling it's yeah right she's intense but uh,
0: emotional and i like that mix because I,
1: i i felt like if there were like in the first one it felt i don't know the using her scarcely each time she was used it was very powerful i felt like it she she wasn't overused at all and she wasn't intense too much. It was just the moment she was used. She was very intense. It was impactful. And I really kind of liked her usage in this one.
0: Yeah. Um, What would you give this in terms of a grade? So I, I do. So technically four stars is the highest, but must see, go see it, rent it, skip it would be the, the grades.
1: Uh, it's, it's without a doubt a must see. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, if I could leave you, I mean, when I was in the movie, I mean, all things considered, uh, I, I mean, I I tend to rate things on a one to a hundred scale. And when I was listening to it, when I was watching it, I was thinking, I was like, man, I think this is an 89. I think this is an 89 um, great score. I mean, 8.9 out of 10, I thought it was a really good movie. And then it was like, or is it a 90? And it was like, not, I mean, that's only one point difference, but that's a big point. Yeah. 89 to 90 is a big point to change. And it's like, you know what? This is this this is the best at what it does. This is the best at what it is. It's never been done. I mean, It and I went with 90 out of 100 for my 100-point score, but it's an absolute must-see.
0: Yeah, this is, to me, this is a must-see. If I were rating this on Rotten Tomatoes, it'd probably be around the 96, 97. Um, very, very high. Um, when I do my, my top 10 movies pod, which will be next month, the end of the next month, because i got to catch up on a bunch of stuff uh, of top movies of, of 2022, this will be very high up. I won't say where it'll, it'll end up on the list, but I have a a very hard time thinking this movie will get unset from where it is. Um, it's
1: it's, 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 I've, I've recommended to almost every person I've passed. I,
0: I have to like every, everyone, even the people that I know don't, didn't necessarily love the first one. I'm like, go see this, go see this. Oh, and I, I send them links to reviews of people who didn't like the first one that loved this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, it all, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of led to us, us reconnecting after not, after not seeing each other for a while. And uh, I, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I got to talk to people about this. And I was like, Ben Davis has seen it. I'm sure. And I oh, yeah. reached out to him. <laughs> and I was like, we, we, we I, I, I couldn't stop talking about it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. Came home and watched <clears throat> YouTube videos on it and rewatched the first one. Then went and saw it again. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Biggest uh-huh. screen 3d.
0: Absolutely. But we are now going to move on to our spoiler conversation. Um, Packed full of spoilers. So if, if you want to avoid any type of spoilers, um, come back later after you watch the movie and, and listen to the rest of this. We're going to be talking about all the spoilers in the movie. But I have a couple questions, Walker. Uh, and I think I I think I know the answers to these. but And I've heard this asked a couple times. Where did the Sea People go during the final battle? And I forget the name of the sea people it's the not the met the, the, the what <laughs>
1: uh, it starts with the name doesn't it,
0: it it's metcaina uh, right
1: oh is it it's met yeah because uh. it's
0: Metkayina. the Ometakaya clan is the the, uh, the the clan we meet in the first movie it's the metcaina in this one so where do the metcaina go during the final battle, battle so if you notice they're there. The entire time they they run shop over these people and then all of a sudden they kind of disappear by the time we get to the like the final act of it. And I think this is pretty clear what happens. The final battle is pretty much over by the time you're asking yourself, where are they? They've rescued the kids. The, The kids have been rescued. The final stretch is really a square off between uh jake and the teary and the kids versus cordage and his soldiers and i think if the c people water. are involved in that it kind of takes away from the overall ending and the stakes of that because the stakes yeah. become it's very big and large and then all of a sudden it becomes personal and that's what i like about it because we'll get to this part later but the death of the sully kid
1: yeah uh, I can't remember
0: his name either um it's, it's he is the hardest name uh, tam
1: no. i don't I don't know where they were <laughs> i don't think I even noticed it when it was happening i mean i remember uh the uh you know when when Corch was threatening um one of the Sully kids on on, on, on the ship and like talking, like, you know, you can, tr- you can trade yourself for, for the kid. And like, they were all and the sea. People were with them in the water and they, like they all charged and, yeah. and fought. But then, yeah. Once, once we got down to the, to the end, the nitty gritty where, where Nithiri And, uh, Carrie were trying to get out from the flooding, um, compartments in the ship and, uh, and. S- Spider and, uh, Quarch were, were battling, fighting, choking each other out at, uh,
0: you, you mean not, uh, not, not Spider, I don't remember, but uh, Jake and, and uh Cordage.
1: yeah with Jake and, and Corch and then Corch was um and then Spider and uh, Spider and the with the with the standoff yeah. there at the end I don't remember seeing the sea people I don't know yeah,
0: yeah I I think that the battle was pretty much over so they went back to take care of their wounded and to take care of their yeah. kids cuz at that point they're still kind of I think they're kind of pissed about what happened to the fact that they they've been hiding jake out and they realize the people the reason that they're being hunted is because he's being hunted specifically yeah
1: yeah
0: um but
1: then they were pretty they were pretty forgiving
0: yeah in the next scene the next scene, they were very forgiving especially when he um you know he's like we're gonna leave he's like no your your son's buried with us with our ancestors you're a now <laughs> um what happened so, to the Omete, uh, Ometakaya clan after the Sullys left? So, courage and his crew, essentially, are, they're there just to locate Jake, and they can't find him because he's. I, I'm I'm assuming the Ometeocaya clan is now retreated and they're not causing a big as big of a fuss anymore. They're not attacking the humans. Um. Because Jake was in charge of their entire operation. And when he leaves, that tells them that Jake is is gone and that they don't know where he is. And I also think because the Ometakaya clan is hidden in the mountains and the general says they can't find them because their systems go haywall uh, in the Hallelujah Mountains, as they call it, Um, which goes back to the first one. It was the same thing. Uh, and they get attacked by the Banshees, too, whenever they go there, so they lose lives. So it's kind of like a stand, like a standstill. So I don't think it's as important, and they're still trying to find Jake, because that's who led the resistance and the charge. So that's who they want. And that's where the story shifts its focus. Now, I think now that they know where Jake is, they are going to try their hardest to get him. It's going to play into the third movie. I wonder, so
1: it's interesting, the... You know, at the end of the movie, they say, like, uh, Jake says, oh, we're sea people now, you know, and mm-hmm. then like you just said, where the clan leader, you know, said you're one of us now that your dad has been buried with ours. Um, so are they, Are they, do you think they're going to be just sea people from now on? Because I did see one of the titles of like a possible title. I don't know if these are official or not, but the title of four or five might be Tolkien Rider.
0: Yeah, the the, the, the Tolkien Rider. And then it's, uh, what's the? That's one something. Search for Awa. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. or
0: something like that.
1: Um, so, I, so I guess they're see people for good now. So the, <laughs> yeah. the force is going to be a lot less prominent of a role in all the future films. I mean, maybe I don't know. I guess we have no idea. Oh. But what I'm what I'm always curious about is, I, I assume at some point they're probably going to reintroduce the four the Omnitrix, like in, so. into a, a more major, like you know, kind of an Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. type situation. And uh, I wish they left us in the Omitakaya with some more characters that we know well.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, we... Like
1: something that we would be excited. Somebody similar to like Norm and uh, and Dr. Patel, I think his name is the, the scientist. Yeah, because you know, they're like, still we, there. We like yeah, I know. We like those characters. We know those characters. It's fun to see them come back. I wish the Omicaya, um I mean, I guess we have uh, CCH Pounder, is that her name? Yeah, the, CCH
0: Pounder. Uh, She's Star. still there. Yeah
1: right um we have her to come back i don't know i just wish like there was more omitakaya that we loved and knew about and remembered that aren't you know the sully family and it would be that much greater whenever they do avengers assemble one day i think that would be kind of neat
0: yeah i i i agree i agree i wish we 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 left with with more characters that we knew and loved i do think they'll come back though i think i I don't think we're we're saying bye-bye for forever I, I I do think they're gonna they're gonna come back at some point. Um,
1: I have another question just from the Lord. I don't know if you uh at the I, I don't remember if it was the beginning of this one or the end of the last one, but w- when he when he conquered that dragon mm-hmm. Banshee and the Tor- Toruk Toruk Macto, yeah, yeah, and that the Toruk Macto was was his title, right? When yes. once he conquered it. Mm-hmm. And then I guess either, I think it was the end of the first one where they said it was no longer needed. Like the, we never needed a tour. Why, why is that? Do you think you, because they weren't at war anymore? So, yeah,
0: I think so. And I, I also think because he didn't, I think that the, the creature's name was great shadow, but Taruk Makto was the name of the leader. Um, and, and they just—it
1: seemed like he, they didn't need that leader anymore. I assume because they're not at yeah, at, they're not
0: at war. But yeah. then, as soon as the humans come back and they bur- like sc- scourge, they raise the forest. You know, like they're like, all right, well, we need you back. <laughs> I wonder where Great Shadow was. Maybe he'll come back. Yeah,
1: uh, I love the way. I would say if I have to vote, I'm voting water because it's 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 gorgeous. But the forest is really great too. I yeah. mean, I would have loved to see what the last 13 years could have improved in the forest too. Yeah, at a at a lengthier depth.
0: Yeah, the scenes that we do see, like the the date night, was really nice. You get to see the the forest and all its glory before you know it gets destroyed. Yeah, I
1: guess it's the opening the <laughs> opening role in the movie, and, and then the movie. I I, I don't hope, James Cameron did it in a way that I, I can't tell a difference or at least not yet, which is great, but similar to how he did with the variable frame rate in different scenes to make certain things pop and certain things make sense while he's watching it or while you're watching it. um, I imagine he put a little extra oomph into how things look in certain scenes that, that were, he knew the audience was going to be like looking for it. Yeah. Whatever he chose, he, he got me a hundred percent. He knew <laughs> exactly like the opening scenes in the movie and the four, like the, the first time they dive into the water. I mean, all the scenes where you're like, Oh, this is the one you got to pay attention to nailed it. Yep. I, I,
0: it's the water running off the skin in the scene no, where it no, runs. No, I just no. want like, or where it rains. I just wanted to like reach out and touch. Cause I felt like I could, like it was right there. Like it's such a transportive experience. I can't think of anything else that's done that. Um, We've mentioned it a couple of times, but the family dynamic. So to me, you know, family dynamic is wonderfully conceived. You know, you have all the the mother and the father, you know, Natiri and Jake, they're both wonderful as father and mother. And I wish we would have gotten to see a little bit more Natiri. But again, I think we'll, we will definitely see more of that in, in the in the next one. But coming from a big family myself, I thought, you know, how they were able to really capture how a big family interacts was really well done in terms of how the kids interact. You know, you have the older there. It's a little stereotypical, but it works because there's always some truth and stereotypes, right? And it, it works very, very well. You have Spider, who's not really their son. He's kind of the friend that just is always at the house, just always mm-hmm. over. We, we all have those friends growing up. Um, but then you have the, the four kids and their dynamic. You have the the shy 14 year old who's not really sure about herself, but she has great power to her. Uh, you have the oldest son who's very, very protective and is a is a, a good kid. You have the rowdy middle child uh, who just really wants to be seen, who's really, they're really hard on. And then you have the the youngest child who, and this movie's just adorable, Tuke. <laughs> She's adorable. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then I, I love the family dynamic. I loved how protective they were. I loved mm. the approach he took to having to be like this stern. I mean, you... It was never lost that he like cared about his children and loved his children and wanted to be a fun good good dad. He just he is such a dangerous environment they're in. It's such a dangerous situation yeah. they're in and he he has it he's you know maybe at some points people say he has gone overboard but obviously he hasn't. Um it uh it, it was just obvious that the entire movie is about protecting your family. Yeah. I mean it, it, it and I think they did a great job. I think the kids played a perfect role. Um, and, and we've said it already that Jake Sully, you know, fell into this dad character perfectly. And he, he, I mean, he didn't take a back seat, but like the kids felt like the star of the show for a yeah. lot of it. And, the, and especially and,
0: in the middle portion. And like, I love the scene where he is being hard, but it's all out of love. Like the scene where the they like, They're, you're being hard on them and they look up to you. And that's a lot of pressure. And the reason he's upset, he's like, because in the beginning of the movie, the oldest and and uh, oldest boy and the youngest boy um uh Natam and Lowak they go on the ground they're not supposed to do that and an explosion happens and Tam gets taken out and he's pissed when they get back home and he grounds uh Lowak and scolds him it's like get that crap off off your face and the reason he's so hard on this because he thought he was going to lose him and that breakdown. And that's what we, we were talking about when we, we say, you know, Sam Worthington's performance was so good is because you see, he's being very hard and stern. And then all of a sudden it just washes away. When you see that fear of the reason he was being so hard on this, cause it's like, I was going to lose my son. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm up. I'm scared. You know, this is hard.
1: I thought that scene was great. I yeah. thought that line in particular was great. I thought it, I thought it was, I agree completely. Yeah,
0: it was, it was really well done. And I love, how Natam Net- Net- is really a combination of Natiri and and Jake, but Loak is Jake to a T. Yeah, and their wow. relationship and how Lowak doesn't really feel seen. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, it's it's clear that he's like the he's like the one A to carry one B. Which we'll go ahead and we'll get into this Loak's arc. You know, out of all the kids, he gets the most time to shine in this film. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think they're really painting him as the one A to Kiri's one B, in the story going forward. Um, he's the clear middle child, you know, always kind of feeling overlooked and, and and kind of stepped on in some ways. But by the end, when we get to that moment between him and his dad, it's clear, you know, he's special and he's a leader, you know, and he also, unlike the Tam, the Tam has the four fingers. But he gets called mm-hmm. out for having the the five like a human, mm-hmm. you know. And he has that big moment in the joke where he's taking up Fakiri and they start bullying him. And then Big mm-hmm. Brother comes in, mm-hmm. saves the day. And then Lawat they start talking trash again. Lawat goes back and he says, "Yeah, you know, I'm a freak. You know, look <laughs> at me." He shows him his finger. He's, like, "I can do something cool though with it." Watch. And he balls up his hand. and pu- I laughed really hard at that.
1: <laughs> me too. Loved it. <laughs> uh, loved it.
0: And that was one of those scenes
1: that's like I mean maybe it was maybe it was a little ch- I mean I loved it laughed out loud, um, perfect use of that like kind of um, breaking the wall between us and Earth Earth and Pandora to, to kind of make it somewhere loved it yeah um, yeah I love the walk story I love that I mean obviously he he bonded with the Tolkien which which Pycon I loved all the scenes Pycon um, I thought I thought it was. Fantastic. And he, you're right. He is Jay. I mean, you know, cause Jake is so, um, reckless and, and, uh, and the first and, one and,
0: that's the only reason he succeeds the entire first movie is cause he's stupid and reckless.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, you know, his wife calls him moron all the time. And like, <laughs> I mean, while it's a great scene when he wakes up in his avatar for the first time. Um, and he's walking and feeling the ground for the first time mm-hmm. on his, on his toes. He, he's still just being reckless and obnoxious. And like, well, you hey?" calm down, like, just listen yeah. to it, not following directions. But in, ultimately, it, it probably contributed to his success in the first one, which I imagine it will for his middle son as well. Yeah.
0: And that bond he has with Piacon, you know, they're both outcast. You yeah. know, and then how they're, and how Piacon, you know, he led a charge with Navi and with the the Tolkoon, and they get slaughtered, and he loses a, a finn. You know, and that kind of relates to uh, the walk in his hand, you know, the, the four, the four fingers or the five fingers instead of the four and how they just, they're two outcasts that relate to one another.
1: Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought it was really well done. Did they uh say, I, I know I've seen the first one again since then. And some of them have four fingers and then three fingers or, you know, the human hands and the, and the Navi hands mm-hmm. did, did they mention that at all in the first one or was it just like a subtle detail?
0: It's a subtle detail. Cause there, it's a mix between the, the reason the avatars had the four hands is because it's a mix between the human DNA and the Navi DNA. Mm-hmm. And um, Navi have the four and their toes are a little bit like bigger and they're able to grab onto things more as opposed to like the avatar bodies. Their feet aren't as able to grab onto things. It's okay. a little subtle differences and they have more like noticeable eyebrows. The avatars do yep. uh, as opposed to the Navis. They don't.
1: Well, I, I just like that a lot. Uh, I like those subtle differences that they don't, they're just attention to details, but they don't shove it in your face. They're not overly proud of it. Yeah. You know, in the first one where they're like, Hey, look at this. We call this clever. Our fingers are different and our toes are different than yours. Like yeah. we thought it out to the detail. It's just, let the audience kind of find it. and this one, obviously they touch on it more, but I, I really, I, I like that little subtle detail. Yeah. Difference in them. Now we, we talked about, and I also like that the oldest son didn't have the human fingers either. I thought that was kind of cool how it's not a perfect science and, and things.
0: Yeah. And cool he's like, he's the special one. He's like the chosen one, right? He's as clearly his dad and mom's favorite, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think a lot of that's going to come into Natiri's prejudice against which is weird because she married an avatar, but she fell in love and married someone that's an avatar, but she still kind of has that prejudice against humans. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, and I think that's going to, that's going to play into some factors later.
1: Um, Yeah. I think it's going to play in a
0: couple. Yeah. Um, So we we talked about the, the Tolkien, but there's something we didn't mention. And that is the fact that they have this brain fluid that.
1: I love that. I love yeah. that scene too. Yeah. The, this valuable substance that they're drilling into their brain where they go into the I thought the the set design was unbelievable. I don't know if it was a set design or all CGI. Again I can't even tell. It, I guess that's what makes it so great. And like drilling up I mean I didn't like it. I mean it was uncomfortable and yeah. it was supposed to make you feel sad or mad or whatever it was. And But it, but it was so well done and kind of creative and even though I mean I can see it not people not thinking it's creative but you know it's better than Unmtainium.
0: That's Man. unobtainium okay. is a really bad name. That was like the, the thing I didn't, didn't like about it, which, you know, it goes to show like the humans come back, but they come back with a vengeance. They come back not only for the unobtainium, but they also come for this brain fluid that they have stumbled upon in the year that they've been there. Cause there's a time jump in the movie where they've been there for a year and they are getting this stuff that prevents from human aging and they're going to move. They're trying to terraform Pandora and make it their own home. Right. So the hu- whole human aging thing, I think is really interesting because it plays into obvious real world ramifications. Right. But it also plays into, we are so clinging to, to life that we're willing to kill this beautiful creature and do away with it completely not even use anything else except for that we're wasteful and it just shows how brutal we are
1: yeah i i completely agree I mean, It obviously sends a great message and it's not it's he doesn't even do it subtly i mean yeah. the 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 Idea of needing to protect our forests and our and our wildlife and our and our oceans is about as subtle as a brick to the face in the movie. I mean, yeah. it's, and I know James Cameron feels strongly about these things, and as he should, and a lot of people do. But the the fact that he's he's presenting it in this way that it's so much about these people's culture, like and it can and maybe the the story in the first one starts off with it feels kind of extreme that they're they're so in love with their their environment. And 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 the more you go on, it's like man, it's kind of the way you should be. I mean, it's 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 not as extreme as it, yeah. Could I mean, it shouldn't be that extreme. No, you know, and uh, it should that should be slightly extreme, not super extreme. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think it, I think it was super well done. I uh, I loved, you know, I mentioned earlier the the scene where they caught the Tolkien with the, uh, the the spear and the I thought that was so well done and brutal. It was yeah. so it was they leave uncomfortable the to there. watch. Yeah. And, and, and you just watch it. I had similar feelings watching this movie. Um, it's a kind of a weird comp, but as the first time I watched hunger games, hungry, I didn't watch hunger games for years um, when it was released. Mm-hmm. And when I finally did, it was much more intense. I, I expected it to be much more family friendly to watch oh, yeah. and not violent. And, 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 this is intense and just like that movie i mean it was it was them hunting these tolcoons and explaining it in brutal detail and 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 it's heartbreaking and it's so wasteful and so i mean they don't even someone mentioned the spider mentions it in the movie like you don't even take the meat you just you're just gonna leave and you're just using it and later not only are you using it for the the financial aspect you're using it for bait just to kill the guy we like
0: yeah it's it's really messed up and then you hear uh kate winslet's character uh she's married to tanawari um renault yeah when she goes up because they have these very personal relationships with the tolkien like they're they're sisters and brothers like they have these very very special relationships and that was her spirit sister right And she says, you know, she was the composer of beautiful songs. And you hear the guy um, talking about how their brains and their capacity for feeling and emotion is much bigger than ours and how, you know, she was a composer of songs and she had waited so long for this calf and the calf couldn't live, you know, without its mom. And they, they purposefully targeted the mom because they knew that she would go slow because she would want to protect her young, and it just it's just so it's, it's messed up. And it's it's so messed up. And you you really that's why it's it's so weird because if you would have told me like a big part of this movie is whales, I'd have been like, ah, that's a little weird. But then watching it, you're like, no, I'm by, I buy into it completely.
1: I I loved every bit of it because it, you know, like you said, if I knew this was about space whales, I'd be like, roll my eyes at it. When you, when you tell me like, Oh, these are like murdering a member of our family. You roll your eyes at it. But they, they, part of the reason Pyakin was my favorite, one of my favorite characters was because they, they, they sell it. I, Mm -hmm. I believe them. I, I think, and he was, it felt like my family member by the end of it. I mean, I, I truly was heartbroken when they were, Hunting these things, and uh and and so proud when they when they came to save the day later. Yeah. I mean, it was it was, well, and, and and all this on top of a uh, not so subtle message about the environment, and on top of that, the greatest wide angle shots you've ever seen of the <laughs> of so much action happening at once in this beautiful surrounding with two two of the best, the the Jermaine Clement and uh, and, and and the Scoresby the the. Fishermen, yeah. I thought they were great. characters, just thought their dialogue was great. I thought they were funny. They bounced off each other well. Good villain, good straight man. I really enjoyed them on screen. On top of this heartfelt, brutal mission with these wide angle shots and intent. I mean, it, it. Overall, these scenes were just
0: so impactful. When Payakan gets his revenge, arm for a yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> that was that was great. Um. So we talked about this a little bit is Curie the chosen one? It's kind of how I have it phrased. So he talked about it in in the negatives of like, where does she come from? So in the first movie, they tried to do what they did to Jake, which was transfer her essence, her spirit into her avatar body. So that could be her permanent body. So she could live, but she was too weak. I think during that, uh, the, all mother, Ewa, is essentially God, right. uh, saved Grace by, because the great, the Avatar is still alive, but essentially brain dead. But she was able mm-hmm. to give birth to this baby that is, essentially has no father. She's like a chosen one. She is like the living vessel of Awa. And that's how she's able to control all these animals and able to adapt a lot faster than all the kids when they go to uh, the Metcaina clan and she's able to hold her breath longer and everything like that. because she's able to do all these miraculous things and where she plugs up to home tree when her brain is just overloading. To me, it's a lot like in the matrix where like, you just learn so much. Like he just starts, you know, having a seizure. Um, and that's, I thought she just, it was like almost overloading, you know? Right. And that's why the, the home tree itself was like freaking out and everything. So I think when they say the seed bearer, she's the one who's the seed. She's like this chosen vessel of a one. I think that's,
1: that's yeah, that's, that's probably, that's a good theory. I, I, and You know, I I imagine and I I said this before I was talking about the negatives, I I imagine some of these things are going to be answers, questions that we have answers to later Mm -hmm. and and that are going to make a lot more sense. And I'm just being impatient. I'm going to eat crow later when I when I say I I guess I guess when I watched it the first time, I it it had been a while since I've seen the first one. Again, I was so distracted by the visuals that the the story took a backseat to me for the first viewing. And it felt like it was like, oh so Grace had a mystery baby and Corch had a mystery baby and Corch came back. Like it was like three things in a row that was like, oh, that's three. I don't like that type of thing. You know, like I hate when they kill a character and bring a character back later. I always, I, I, I don't like it. I mean, we can talk about rise of Skywalker. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that move. It feels cheap to me because, and, and, you know, it's, I respect shows like game of Thrones or something that like wants to shock you, they shock you and they stick with it, you know? yeah and uh and they just felt like three things in a row happened like that that being said, I think I misunderstood the spider apparently he was been around longer than I expected, mm-hmm. and then I think I don't understand the the Carrie and Grace thing yet. I think that might be explained later, and Gorge worked that, that didn't bother me at all. yeah, um, so.
0: yeah I, I think I think we're gonna find out a lot more. i do I don't think it's very subtle. Curie's from especially once you get to the end and her like controlling like the sea life and like everyone noticing it and renal noticing it i think that's why i think this movie was really focused on father sons i think this next one's going to be focused on uh and even daughter father daughter too uh less so with um Took, but with Curie, you have that very sweet conversation that uh jake has with her where like she's insecure than that it, g- it gives me chills every time where he gives her confidence to be able to share how she really feels and you see her like sit up and she says you know what does awa's heartbeat sound like and she says mighty you know that 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 part gives me chills um but i think you're going to find out in the next one that's going to be more more focused on the mother daughter mother son relationship which will i think will definitely play in with we'll, we'll get to later with with Spider. <laughs> what happens with that um mm-hmm. but yeah i i think kiri's a, a a chosen one of awa i think she is the christ figure if you will
1: yeah i i, the, I, I didn't I, I don't think i assumed i thought i think i was i was thinking too small picture i think i was thinking like we need to figure out who the father is oh, no. it's gonna be it's gonna be norm <laughs> oh god could I mean, you
0: imagine i mean uh, kiri can she yeah. said you would drink acid um yeah, that's fine. Uh, death of Natayim. So I think it was, to me, fairly obvious if any of the children were going to bite it, it was going to be him. How they do it, though, is very shocking. He just takes a stray bullet after saving um, Spider and his brother, Luak, the and they land in the water, and he's kind of fine. Like, he's like, I-, I got hit, and he's having a struggle, and I'm like, okay, they're not. they're probably not going to kill him. And then when they get to shore, and he's like... Looking really bad, and says, "You know, I just want to go home." I'm like, "Oh no!" You know, especially like, I don't want to. I don't want to sound heartless. That kid's death in movies never affected me. They do, but being a dad now, it just it hits differently. (laughs) And when he dies, that scream that uh, N'atiri lets out is Mm -hmm. so terrifying and scary and heartbreaking and when he looks at her and says you know hey i need you with me i need you to be strong strong heart strong heart and she just drives her tears and she picks up the bow i chills chills and also kind of scared too (laughs) because she looked like she was ready to murder some fools and she does and it's
1: yeah that's that's one of the things, the great use the of Natiri when, mm-hmm. when she was used sparingly and when they do use her, is just, it was awesome.
0: Yeah. It, it, because the, the character of Natam, I don't think he's one note. I think there's a lot of layers to him. Um, and I think he's, he's particularly a great older brother figure. You know, the protective older brother that, that is supposed to keep everyone in line and everything like that. Um, and him biting the bullet really ultimately was Locke's fault. At the same time they were trying to save Spider. You know, that's their brother too. They can't leave him behind. And that the sadness of his father telling him at the end there, like, You've done enough. When he says, I can help, it's like, oof. Yeah, it was a gut punch. It was it was it was hard to watch.
1: And um and and I thought, um I don't know, I don't know who plays um the oldest son. I keep forgetting his name. I know I know who's the oldest son's name again? Uh uh Natam. that I thought it was a great performance when he when he died too. I mean, like I felt the same way where I was like, I think he's gonna make it. I, I I kind of saw it coming as well. I mean, when they did it, they were playing around like, dude, come on, let me go. You know, yeah. and he was just kinda like brag and then it was like, Let's go find spider. I was like, Yeah, I mean there, this is coming. And then even when they were stray bullets, so I was like I I could see this like happen, like I could see one of those hitting him, and and it, it went exactly how I expected it to go, but then I still thought maybe he'd survive. I also thought maybe they would do like a a tree of life thing, like like with Grace or with uh, I don't know. I thought they would have some kind of thing to bring them underwater back underwater thing yeah. that could bring him back or something. Um, but they didn't. It didn't. They didn't pull the punches on it, and it and it paid off. It it, it really stung. and It helped a lot with Lowox um character development. Yeah, and um, it helped. I thought-
0: In that scene, too, in the next scene where we see Natiri and Jake just killing humans, us being like, Yeah, kill these humans. Because, like, when Cordage comes over on the radio and is like, I got your other children, uh, I felt it in my bones. I was like, Kill this dude. Like, take him the fuck out. Like, (laughs) he deserves to die.
1: I, I like the whole. I like this whole scene too. I mean, like when I first thought like uh, he might he might survive, and then when you can tell, like in his face, he's he's not gonna survive. Mm-hmm. And then the teary screams, very gripping, really well performed. And then I love the scenes with like the little avatar Bluetooth. Is this is this like a the things they talk on? Is that it's like a com a gadget they add, or is that something biological that's like on?
0: No, no, <laughs> it's, no like, it's like a, a thing that they have. It's like. I have the figure up here. It's like the uh the the com mic. okay because yeah. um, he takes it out because uh, Laloccke has it, and then he takes it away from Locke earlier in the film, and that's how he's able to do it.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. it uh, so I, I the scenes where he's core just talking to to Jake. And, uh, and he's just kind of standing there and he's on Bluetooth so no one else can hear what he's saying and he's just like listening to him talk about having other kids. I thought it was so intense. I thought it was really perfect. And then how he has to conf- like convince Natiri that, uh, you know, like, even though I mean... I, mean, I imagine he's feeling like I failed to protect my family. You know, like a lot of you know, I tried so hard to protect my family and I failed, and now I have to convince the mother of my children and 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 of my late child to like, hey, you gotta get it together because we have we still have unfinished business yeah. on the boat. And I thought it was just Well,
0: what's crazy about that is that entire sequence, and we'll get into a lot of it, but that part where it's it's all done in performance. She is acting out of pure unadulterated rage. And he is acting out of fear. And the way that that's captured is is beautiful. Because she just unleashes a beautiful symphony of violence <laughs> on these poor bastards. Um, and it's really shocking, too, when she's screaming in that one human's face after she takes him out. Um, and Spider sees it. And he's scared. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. I'd be scared, too. <laughs> um, and again, I think that's going to play forward going or play play uh, a big part going forward with spider because at the end of this when jake's taken out everyone and he sees that uh he, he's got took but kiri's gone and uh Korich comes out with uh, kiri and he lets down his weapons and everything and atiri takes spider and is like son for a son i cut you let my, my child go. And he's like, I don't care. He's, you know, he's... Uh, we're not even the same species. He's not mine, you know. And he's he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But I love the way that it's captured because you don't really... I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you think she was going to kill Spider? Because she does cut him.
1: I kind of think so. I, 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 I thought the scene was awesome. Yeah. I thought... I thought it did so much for for both Quarch and Natiri to to complete com- like make their characters more deep, complex, and 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 because I I, I mean I don't think because Quarch you know pulls his punch because he cares about Spider means he's gonna be a good guy no. in the third one. I think I, I mean I don't think that. I just think it added a layer of relatability, mm. and I don't think because Natiri threatened Spider means she's a villain no. in the next one but I think it added some complexity and some intensity to it. And because same thing, I mean, I think it's going to play into, into low and his four fingers. I think it's going to play in this because Spider's not just somebody else's kid. Yeah. And it's not like she was just willing to kill an innocent kid. She was willing to kill an innocent kid. That was kind of her kid. Yeah. I mean, kind of her adopted child but, to, to protect her real family. So what does that mean about low? I mean, I know locks really your kid, but like it just can add so much complexity and so much, depth to these characters make them three-dimensional that that, I don't know you you wouldn't expect from an Avatar script No, you wouldn't expect
0: that's the thing like that's why that scene to me is so masterful because it not only adds to the complexity for N'atiri, but for Spider and for Courage as well and how that is going to play going forward with like you said I agree with everything you said like Courage is not going to be automatically a good guy because he has a heart and cares for his son despite You know, it kind of being in question the first time he, because he he stops the torturing of Spider, the first time you're like, okay, he's just using him. But once you see him, like, say, no, let my kid go, because he sees that she's going to kill him, like, it lets you know that, yeah, he does have a heart and he does care. But also, it shows you that Natiri is, might be willing to kill this kid because she, because of her prejudice.
1: yeah i mean it it that that made me think of a couple things number one speaking about james cameron and his gadgets and cool thing that torture device the the the, the thing spinning around spider's head was super cool yeah. it scared me i mean it was like I, I i don't know what it was doing to him but it was doing enough seeing it through the screen that it was like i bet it's bad whatever's happening yeah. um it's kind of like an Andor when they, they they you hear they listen to the headphones yeah. at the children's screen you're like, it's kind of a mystery what's going on but it, you know it's bad um yeah, I, I think. I, did you think at one point she did kill him? I, I mean, she cut him. I, I mean, I, like when I first saw it, the first time I was like, "Oh gosh,
0: she did it!" I was like, "She she actually killed him." And <laughs> I was like, you just cut him. Now, and I, that's intense think,
1: too, and a cool way to.
0: I was worried because it it plays on his fear because he, I think, is deeply. I don't think he's ever scared of Jake because he knows that Jake was once a human, and. I don't think Jake has that prejudice in him, but Natiri does. And for good reason, you know, humans have been nothing but terrible except for Jake and a couple of others, you know. And I I, I don't I didn't think she I don't think she was going to kill him. But there was a moment there where I I, on first viewing. Well, let me start over. I think I think on first viewing, I thought she was going to kill him. But on the second viewing I noticed like they do at the beginning where you're supposed to kill the person you cut their chest instead of cut uh to take the 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 throne of Taruk Bakhtae right where he gives up mm-hmm. gives up his his title and you're supposed to he's supposed to take it with him to his death and he just slices his chest and Jake walks away right um yeah. I think that was her way of saying I'm not going to kill you but I'm going to do enough to where he thinks I'm going to. And at the end, after she cuts him on the chest, she pushes him back, like behind her, like she's going to protect him. So part of me is like, I don't think she was going to kill him, but I do think that Spider is going to question whether or not she was going to kill him based off of what he saw earlier with her, like just her guttural scream in that one human's face that he saw that freaked him out. Oh. And it's I, I kind of hope going forward when he, re- when she realizes what he did at the end of this movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I kind, I, I kind of hope,
1: I kind of hope she was going to kill him. I mean, I, I know that sounds morbid to say, but I, I just, for character development, I think that's so interesting. I think it's, it's not what you'd expect. And, and, and we could get so much g- great story out of this. If 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 that's in her, if that if it's in her that she was willing to go that far to someone like that, I think that's I mean, I don't like it. I I I, I'm cheering, but I like it from an interesting perspective. I like it from a character development perspective. It's it's, it's because
0: I mean, it's done so well on first viewing. I thought, oh, my God, she's going to kill this poor kid. But then like the the second time, like I, I noticed and I could be I could be wrong, but it was something I noticed. She pushes him back. Like get behind me! I'm going to save you. Plus, there's that detail at the beginning of the movie that I think they 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 show on purpose with the cutting of the chest instead of the stabbing. But her performance to courage of your son, I cut son for a son. He's like, all right, (laughs) I do care,
1: (laughs) and it's gonna have to play a role when 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 they find out what Spider did at the end.
0: Yeah, for sure, and we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll talk about it. So the re- return of courage, I think is done very well. Um, the way that they kind of set it up in the first movie that Jake Sully was kind of the Guinea pig. For the military taking these Navi bodies as the, as quarter says in the, in the first movie, he says it in this one too, it's a Putin mix. Um, <laughs> and I think they saw that in the first movie. So they were, taking the memory because i'm assuming they can read memories and stuff like that that's what that machine was doing they were trying to read his memory and get inside his head without having to uh, get extract the information from him personally they can just get it from a from a memory all right? and they extracted all his memories and everything to put it in this little thing and they injected it's kind of far-fetched but at the same time it's like if you're going to buy into all this you might as well buy into that and that, it works so well and they take a villain who worked in the first movie, he's one note, but he's performed so perfectly by Stephen Lang that it works so well. He's one note, but it works so well. It's a great one note. And in this one, he's got so much more dimension by the end of it because he's not just a villain. He's also a father. Who
1: Yeah, they added some more notes. Yeah,
0: who might not have been the best father at first but now he's kind of got a second chance but it's not really his son but he still has the memories of well, I of them so it's 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 so interesting and the how that creates you know Spider is not the the main kid character that i came away from loving but i did love Jack Champions performance and i can't wait to see him in the new screen movie i know he's going to be in the screen movie so i'm i'm really pumped for that but uh, his his character, I think, out of all of them, has the most interesting ways that they can go. And the way that he's left at the end of this movie with bringing his dad back from drowning, even though he doesn't go with him, he still saved him. And he can't blame him, because that's his dad, but at the same time, you're like, dude, why?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad he didn't go with him. I mean, I, I... I... I mean, I, I guess it's interesting. I mean, I, I think it's probably meant to, to make a couple of us mad and a couple of us. Okay, I, I mean, I'm glad we get to see more Stephen Lang. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed him in the role. I, I I thought they handled his return well. Um, I thought. Uh, side note, I uh, went one another negative that I. W- We need more Giovanni Ribisi. We need to bring him back. Yeah, Uh, I I, I loved him in the first one. I wish we could have some more of him. I I liked seeing the little cameo in the video. But do you think they filmed that recently or they filmed that?
0: I think they filmed that recently. You can tell a little bit from the age because Stephen Lang is he's still a very, very in shape man, but he's a little smaller than he was in the first uh, Avatar movie in that video where he's he's pretty big in the first one.
1: Yeah, and I you know when I rewatched the first one recently, I liked his character more than I thought because I remember it just being like you said a one note hard O that is a, just the a, a villain figure, yeah. but like he's, the movie does a better job than most at selling him as like an ally at the beginning. Yeah. I think when he like gets Jake to like like if you if you saw it for the first time, never you had no idea what was about to happen, and you um and he's like asking Jake to get closer so we can like. Learn some stuff. I mean, you probably know that he's up to no good, but they do a better job than most movies at selling him as an ally at the beginning, and uh, which which kind of added a note for me in the when I rewatched the first one this time. But he's so intent. He's so brutal. I mean, he the the shoot that animal. I hated that. <laughs> I, I, he then when he burned down that village. I mean, I he's so ruthless and and mean yeah. and, and 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 just and so ignorant and doesn't um just not compassionate not thoughtful of people's culture and thinks of all these things as just like cockroaches around him and it and they're beneath him and it
0: yeah
1: Yeah. and i i I, it was all and like shoot that animal i mean can you imagine i mean can you i mean just a normal shoot that animal in someone's house it would i mean it would be it's
0: like shooting a dog so
1: Yeah. And then, and this isn't even like a dog. I mean, like a dog would, I mean, ruin me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, but it, uh, and these people are like, they're that, these animals aren't even like their pets. They're their, their family members. And they do a good job of selling that. And so, I mean, he plays this note, you know, we keep saying that, but he plays it masterfully. But then when you add a little depth in there to like, oh, and, you know, I wonder if they're going to take it because now he's, you know a a navi or he's you know he's he's in this new body and and there's a lot of parallels to jake's story at the beginning where you know he wakes up he has an abrupt um
0: shake yeah it's a chaotic uh
1: waking up in his new body and getting used to it and and now you know he's he 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 conquered a a banshee Mm -hmm. um and 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 i don't know he's doing things i mean he has a different attitude than Jake had. he has a different i mean he's not gonna have an assessment but there's so many similarities to it and now that you've added a compassionate uh, piece to his character with the with the spider who knows so they i mean that they could i think they could give this steven langer great arc over a few movies as long as they do it right as long as they don't you know as long as they ride the subtleties correctly i think they could make it like a really interesting like you know anakin story or
0: yeah something. and the the the, the, the again uh, brought that that to my attention the the parallels between him, him and jake that's true like the 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 parallels are there it's just like the evil version of it you know and then yeah. the corrupted version of it and again you you add that layer of subtlety of him and spider and their relationship mm-hmm. and what that's going to do especially going forward in the sequel that 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 is going to that's going to be some interesting storytelling points that they have. Um, But I think what I, one of the things I want to end this conversation on is the, the ultimate theme of the movie. Right. And that is the, the power of family, you know, Mm -hmm. what you're willing to do to protect your family. Imperfect parents. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. Even if you are the world's best, you have flaws. No parent is perfect. You're going to mess up at, at some point in time. Uh, the weight of expectation, uh, learning to trust your children, uh, learning that sometimes you have to fight, protecting your oceans, of course, and and human greed. You know, there's a lot of themes here, but I think the thing that, probably the most emotionally, the two most emotionally powerful things in this movie for me is the ending of this movie where Jake is, he's found an air pocket and Took and Natiri are in an air pocket as well, but they're running out of air. And Loak goes down to save, um, his father. And when he first gets up there, he confuses him with uh with Netaim. He's like, "Oh, Natah." He's like, "It's Loak, Dad." He goes, "Oh, so like, I'm sorry about Natah." He's like, "Stay in the present. Stay in the present." Um, you could tell he's still angry at his son, and mm-hmm. he's like you know, I can't make it. I'm heart, you know, he's heartbroken, you know? Yeah. He got his vengeance, but he's heartbroken. And he's like, it's okay. We can do this. And he starts repeating, you know, the way of the water, uh, it runs through you and in you and all this stuff. That's and true. then you start, yeah, you get the, the groundswell of music and it is kind of a metaphor for the movie. It's, you know, the weight of expectation of being a father and protecting your family. And it's crushing you, you know, the weight of the water and everything you're underneath that depth. And it's your children that bring you out. And that, to me, was the, the powerful theme. It is that your family is, yes, it is your weakness, but it is your greatest strength. He says it in the movie. But just the the showing of that, of his son being the one to lift him out of that and save him. And then Kiri doing the same thing, using her power uh, through Awa to help guide those light be as guiding light for her mother and for her sister, her sister. And it, it's just beautiful how that's perfectly captured at the end. It's the, uh, the thesis of the movie is, you know, what is it like to be uh, a, a parent and the power of family and what you're willing, you know, to do to protect your family. And then, you know, it comes full circle at the end where, you know, it's it it's fantasy but it rings true to life you know we have close ones and loved ones that do pass on they leave this earth but when they correct uh connect to home tree they get to rele- uh relive those memories right and i think that is in many ways true to real life you know people do p- move on they they pass but it's our memories of them that keep them alive and I think that that is, that is a very, very, very beautiful way to end this movie, where you end with him fishing with his son to Tam. You know, and you get that powerful swell the score. It, again, I was sobbing like crazy at the end of this movie when I was watching it in the theater. It's just, it's so powerful. And then you get the final statement of, we are, you know, we have to fight now. And I think that, you know, being a pacifist is great, but sometimes... And I, and I try to be like that in life. But sometimes you have to fight to, to save what you love, you know. And I think Jake having to realize that at the end because he's being very passive throughout most of the movie once the first act ends and then finally having to stand up and protect what you love, you know. And the, the, um, the Tolkun really show that too, with what he does for lawak and saving them at the end. It's just, I could go on and on about the themes of this movie, but the way that it wraps up so beautifully is, is so well done.
1: I think so too. I think it's it, from all different angles. I think, uh, between the, the Sully, the Sully family. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. The whole movie. I mean, it's, it's family is such a, a, a the core message of, of the whole thing and it, and that it's messy and it's complicated mm-hmm. and it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. And, and you have to adjust on the fly and, 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 and remember what's the most important, no matter what things look like from the outside. But I think the, and I think it was handled well with the, the sea people to the meta, uh, the, the meta, yeah. um, I think their family dynamic was interesting. And then the, 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 um conflicts between them and then the sullies I think was, was sent that message home on both sides of it really well. Um, but the, mo- I think the most impactful thing to me was, was what I said was not subtle, but I think so well done is the connection to the, to nature, mm-hmm. to the, to the, um the Tolkun, to the animals, to the water, to the forest, to everything. I think it's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's done so beautifully to, to, to make you feel so connected to them and feel
0: so, emotional when you're when you're watching them yeah it those things aren't subtle but they're great you know and i think the 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 best teller of of someone who or the best tell rather of someone who's an exceptional filmmaker someone who's who's able to tell stories like this and not make you feel like you're beat over the head with it you know and he's able to do that with the non-subtle messages as well but with the subtle messages too and I, I yeah, you know, this movie's fantastic. But what will Avatar: The Seedbearer be about? If you had to guess, I mean, I've kind of laid out what I think it'll be about. But
1: oh, I think I agree. With you. I did not think of that before the pot. I, I think I think you're right. Uh, I think it's going to be about Kiri and 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 the the virgin birth and yeah. the yeah. Uh, I think or it, whatever whatever story that starts with and 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 the connection to Nao. I, I think you you might be right.
0: Yeah. The I think it'll be there's this one really much more focuses on Jake and his relationship with his family. I think this next one's going to focus much more on the theory and, and her family. Um, I know that there is a scene coming up in the next one that um, Kate Winslet broke the record for. Well, that's for the third yeah. one.
1: I was curious because she, her, her usage while, well
0: good or impressive was was minimal
1: in this one i I felt like her screen time i think there's
0: the scene where she did the broke the record i think it's supposed to be this magical like underwater kind of birth thing and that's where she has like the seven minute ridiculous breath hold like she beat tom cruise <laughs>
1: I'm surprised Tom Cruise I hadn't already beaten it. I gotta make Mission Impossible nine. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <she>, I
0: gotta <laughs> beat Kate Winslet. I've gotta hope Kate Winslet oh. keeps it. Honestly, I love Kate Winslet, but yeah, I yeah, she's great. I. Yep.
1: I heard that she would, like said she was never going to work with Jim Cameron again after Titanic and all the extremes he put her through yeah. and, and then, I guess, got convinced to do this one.
0: Apparently, I'm he's much she more laid back now than he used to be. I mean, he is my favorite filmmaker, but you can read some stories back in the day, and he's even said it himself, where he was too gung-ho and too over-the-top. Um, but, yeah, it, apparently, he's, he's way different now, and that's why she was willing to come back so that's that's good you know maybe leah will show up in one of these things um, yeah <laughs> that would be that would be really awesome i mean the movies do fit what he loves which is the environment he's very big on protecting the environment and i mean it'd be fitting if he were to do a big franchise
1: i i uh i whatever it's about i'm sure i'm gonna i mean i i, I, I we've mentioned this earlier i love the the universe he's creating the world it feels fresh like you said but still feels like something you can get behind. I mean, I, I love star Wars. I love MCU. I love, you know, connectivity in these, these worlds in this story, but this is a new one. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, everyone keeps saying, you know, that the story's taken taking a back seat to the visuals. And it obviously is. I mean, the visuals are groundbreaking. Yeah. It's the best it's ever been. But that being said, we just talked for almost two hours about the story. Yeah. And how much it affected us. I mean, it's, it's a good story and it's pretty well performed and, 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 the, to be able to do that and, and have this world building this lore being created and with with someone that you can trust is going to pay attention to details and 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 make it make sense and make it good yeah. um and using the vehicle that is this uh beautiful just the the, the visuals are un real i mean it, it is or, or or not unreal real yeah. and, and, and
0: uh it, the, the, and the visuals are just they are i don't think i've ever seen anything like like this you know
1: and they're they, they're doing it they're it's so and it's not just like it looks great it looks real so does dances with wolves <laughs> you know i know that's a comp on these movies but it, but it, you know it's beautiful too in a different way but the fact that it's real looking and and good looking and it's it's something that's different and interesting and gorgeous like pandora and these navi people and 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 how cool it looks and different yet familiar yet this bioluminescent it's just so pretty it's so attractive and then on top of it it's so well done and now that we're throwing this great lore and this great storytelling on top of it i mean it it's it's great and I, i I mean, if I could send like people away with one message, if you, if you, even if you're not like an avatar person, like if you're, if it's not like, you're like, yeah, I saw it. Or maybe you didn't see it. If you want to, if you care about film and if you care about, you know, technology and progress and things like that at all for these movies and, and, and like a good movie, um, You should see it, and you should see it in theaters, and you should see it in IMAX if you can, and you can see it in 3D if you can. I mean, as, as much as you can, because if you've ever sat there and wished you were one of those people that saw Star Wars for the first time in theaters back in the day, I think this is an opportunity to see something special in theaters that... You know, regardless of the way the world looks in twenty five years, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I saw Avatar in, in theaters, in theaters. Yeah. and it was it was it was a big deal." And I, I think you it's it's an opportunity to experience something special, and I think you should
0: take it. Absolutely, out. man. Well said. Like it's, you know, i've 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 been watching movies and and everything like that since I was a little kid. You know, I remember I think it was the introduction podcast I ever did for this show. I talked about you know the first time I saw a movie in the big screen that I remembered and it was the re-release of Star Wars, 1997. Um, Mm -hmm. So going more than a few years back. And I just remember how I felt leaving that theater. And I haven't felt that way leaving a theater since I left leaving this movie. Like, it's just, it's special. And I don't think you want to miss it. I don't think you want to miss it. And it's clear the audience likes it because as of today, I read where it's at the nine hundred million dollar mark, and is it? and like, that's worldwide. I mean, worldwide, yeah.
1: Cool. In yeah.
0: in what's it domestically? Do you know? Is it three uh, hundred? Somewhere around there. Uh, I I don't know about domestically. I, I'll I'll look at the the message I sent my friends because it was weird how I was I was accurate on it. Um, as I told my buddies, I was like, listen, I think that uh, I think that this movie is going to to gross. I think by next weekend, not next Wednesday, it'll be at a billion dollars. If I had to make a prediction and then reading this right now, it says box office avatar, the way of water continues to climb. It will pass $900 million globally today, likely to reach 1 billion by Wednesday. Currently the fifth highest grossing film of 2022 worldwide. It'll be number two by the end of the week behind top gun Maverick at 1.4. Um, so it what a year yeah, I know so it it's it's crazy to me that I won't again I won't give away where they they stand on my top 10 list but two of the best movies this year are sequels like legacy sequels
1: and and, and blockbusters yeah. and 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 high budget high return movies I mean and, and but they're both they're, they''re they're they're very similar where they are both. They're both sequels, they're both good stories, pretty pretty good stories, but they are both top of their class Mm -hmm. in what they do. One of them being, you know, CGI and, Mm -hmm. and 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 computer visuals and and performance capture and things like that. And then one of them being practical. And both of them are at the top of their class and what they do. And, and I, I love
0: both. we could be staring at an Oscar season where best picture goes to Top Gun Maverick and best director goes to James Cameron. And that would, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would...
1: I love it. I I, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I hope I hope something like that. I mean, oh, I love, you know, the smaller films like Power of the Dog or or or, or even like Banshees of Inisherin or something, yeah. something that's going to be in like the conversation. The world doesn't always see those movies, yeah. and like I live in, you know, North Carolina, we don't get the whale. I I, I can't find the whale playing anywhere near me, and I'd love to see no, it. I have to travel and, and I, and like I,
0: three and a half hours to go see something like that.
1: Yeah, and people aren't going to do it. No. I mean, you you I'm a movie guy. You're obviously a movie guy, and and I want to see it, but the normal people aren't. So people, I mean, the Oscars is getting less and less interesting to it's like professional baseball where I feel like the young people just like, like aren't watching it like they should but if, if Top Gun could win, if Avatar could win, it could be I mean all of a sudden it's like, okay. Yeah, I can that's a movie I watched. That's not Power of the Dog that I've never even heard of, and I'd be bored if I watched yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And it, and that's no shame to Power of the dog, which I, I really liked. I don't you really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I do, I do yeah. like it. I do so
0: like, it. like it's no shame on those those movies. It's just that I think the best picture should represent uh more they should represent the year as a whole. That's why I pushed last year. Not that my voice really reached that many people, but that Spider-Man no way home should have gotten a best picture nomination because it brought audiences back to the theater in a time where no movie had really done that. And this year you're looking at two demographics that weren't returning to movies, returning to movies to go see these two big blockbuster spectacle films that are at the peak of their craft and doing so in a way that it's clearly tapping in to something culturally that has been missed, and it would be wonderful if these movies were to go on to great success at the Academy Awards and just rack up. It would it would be wonderful. Um, I I would be a really big fan of that as someone who loves the Oscars and loves what they they represent. I don't always agree at all I actually very rarely agree with with what wins what's nominated um sure but it, it
1: yeah and i and i did like you said i agree i i love power of the dog i thought that was a really original story now that it's about that but i i i just find like if if we could do avatar or top if something like that could get a lot of I know black panther did well but it that was like culturally I mean, that was a whole Another yeah, it's huge moment for different yeah. reasons, but the, it would just be more approachable and more accessible to more people because so many people, if I hear someone I know, I mean, not you, but like someone who's not like a movie freak, just someone who likes movies like the next yeah. guy, all they ever say is, I've never heard of any of these movies. Yep. On the, in the, the, they've never, never heard of any of them. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're smaller. I, the only reason I have is because I follow Ben Davis movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: like, it's, well, like, perfect example of this is like uh, like the past couple of years the two biggest movies that have been nominated for like best picture you had black panther which was a huge cultural movie and it, it was a great movie but no one actually thought that it was gonna win or right. you know joker big cultural movie it's the first r first and only r-rated film to to gross a billion dollars right no one really thought that was gonna win best picture But it's looking likely that Top Gun Maverick will probably win Best Picture and this will get nominated. Might win it. Best Director James Cameron's won before. He might win it again. uh, Like, all these things.
1: Did he lose to his ex-wife for the first one? Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. And, yeah.
0: Catherine, uh, uh, Kathleen uh, Catherine Bigelow? Catherine Bigelow? Kathleen Bigelow? Mm -hmm. Um, who is the director of my second favorite action movie of all time point break came out the week was number one Terminator two, which oh, came out well, yeah. the week before point break. And James Cameron was the executive producer on point break. Wow,
1: Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen point blank point break. I to check. It out.
0: What was that? Yeah, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, the ex-presidents the surfer movie.
1: I don't think I've seen oh
0: it. My God, Walker. I haven't seen it. Oh God. You got you <laughs> to get cultured, man. I
1: wish I'd known this before I had you on the pod. <laughs> yeah.
0: This changes everything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, um, unless you have anything else to add, that is it for this week's show, man. Um, thank you so much for for taking the time out of your day, uh, day after Christmas, to, to hop on and, and chat about the way of water with me.
1: No, Thank you for having me. This was this was a lot of fun. It, uh, I was super nervous getting on here. I've never done this before. I thought I wasn't going to have anything to say. Now I feel like I talk too
0: much. Oh, no. um, I, I appreciate it. I'd love to come on anytime. Of course, man. You're you're always welcome. Um, I'll be back uh, in the new year with uh, my podcast and, and my, my one podcast in, in January where I will be doing uh, top 10 movies of 2022. Hopefully I'll catch up on a lot of stuff I've missed. I've just recently watched the Fablemans that will probably make the list. I like that a lot. Um, me too. Love that. Um, but
1: kind of, I was going to relate a couple stories from uh, the Sully family to the Imperfect Parents mm-hmm. when you were talking about it. Like that kind of really kind of
0: the first thing I thought yeah, of. That's it, another great movie about family too. It's a, it's a really good movie. I, I really like the Fablemans a lot. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Me too.
0: But until then, be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, rate us, and while you are at it, give me a follow over on Instagram and TikTok at been Davis Movie Share to stay up to date with my thoughts and opinions on new movies and TV shows. Which I am just ridiculously far behind on. I am probably gonna do it end of the year like extravaganza where I just pile a bunch of movies that I've seen. I have like a list of like thirty movies that I've seen that I gotta rate, so it'll be it'll be fun. I might I might split that into like two or three different TikToks that I do. But anyways, guys, until next time, stay classy.